Hi, this is Sorta Green, episode eight. Sorta Green is a podcast to ease into being better for the planet. Seems like old school greenness is kind of making its way back mainstream. I mean, definitely in the food we eat, people love buzzy words like locally grown and farm to table and farmer's markets are the cutest things we've ever seen. So why not just give it a try on our own? Gardening, big or small, in our personal spaces is good for the planet and in my opinion, good for you too. The sense of accomplishment from eating something you grew, the money saving at the grocery store at least, and even Every little minute you spend in nature helps you to appreciate it more. Having plants and gardens in your yard is a respite for bees and other pollinators. Walking to your yard to grab some herbs or a tomato compared to driving to a store or having food shipped across the country or delivered to your door are just a few ways to help the earth. So let's get punny. Time to dig in and talk about gardens. I like to start every show with a little bit of good news. I told you all about No Mome. We are now on the verge of plastic-free July. I want to get it in your head so you can practice it from July 1st. It's a global movement to get people involved in reducing their plastic waste for the whole month. You know why plastic is bad. It's everywhere in our streets, our green spaces, our waterways. It's bad for the planet. It doesn't decompose. So for the month, trying to say no to single-use plastics, that's water bottles, coffee cups, straws, or even limited-use plastics like toothbrushes, razors, and shampoo bottles. The very first episode of Sorta Green is all about shampoo bars, by the way, if you want to get some help for that. Hopefully, if you can do it for a month, You could easily kind of work into saying no to single-use or limited-use plastics, like, all the time. A little two-minute tip is going to lend itself to gardening, whether plants or, or food that you might be doing. There are so many foods you already have that we throw away that are so good for plants. Um, Cleaned out and crushed up eggshells. They give things to plants, nutrients and proteins to plants so you don't have to use any kind of fertilizers. Um, A lot of people make almost like a a plant fertilizer out of old banana peels. You put them in a jar, put some water in there and let them sit for a few days. There are specific ways to use these things, but looking up ways for you to use eggshells or vegetable peels or banana peels back into the food that you're growing, you're saving money and you're doing good stuff for plants. Now let's get to our main point, gardening. Gardening is such a huge, massive topic that there's no way we could fit one little small 20-minute podcast and have you all of a sudden be an absolute pro gardener. I do know, I don't know him, I've talked to him, a pro gardener, um, Marcus Bridgewater. If you're on Instagram or TikTok, you might know him as Garden Marcus. He's got something like 800,000 followers on TikTok. He just released a book 
called How to Grow, and it's not just about growing food and plants and things like that. It's about growing yourself, about being a, a better self. We're going to talk to him uh, in a little bit, both about the book and about just some real quick gardening tips. But he's the pro. If you want really good advice on just mind well-being, but also on how to take care of your plants, he's a really great person to follow. There are plenty of uh, other Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, I'm sure, uh, people who give tips on gardening and planting that are going to be better than me for sure because it is not something that I'm I'm great at, but I'm trying. I have more little plant babies in my house and I love taking care of them, um, but we can kind of look at some things together. For the first time this year, I ate a strawberry that was grown in my backyard. Only one of them because the other ones are either still white or they have died or a little critter creature has eaten them. Strawberries, in my opinion, are uh, super easy. They don't need a lot of care. But then I just told you I've only ever gotten one. (laughs) But they kind of do their own thing and they don't need a ton of love. But that's just, I'm telling you, the level that I'm at. I've never been able to grow food from seeds before. I've needed an existing plant to be able to do it, but I've tried. You have seeds all over your house. They are pretty much just all in your refrigerator right now or on your counter from your tomatoes, red peppers, watermelons, pumpkins, cucumbers, squash, like all of those foods that you eat with seeds in them, you could easily save those seeds, wash them up. I even had those red pepper seeds. They were in a little pill bottle and I kept them from, I think, four months because I was like, oh yeah, I want to try some red peppers. I kept them for like four months and they were still good to go when I uh, put them in soil and they sprouted and they grew these cute little green leaves. And I was so excited. And once I got them outside, they died. But what I'm saying is those seeds lasted and they held on. So you just really have to look around you in your house. You probably already have some seeds that you could grow quite easily. Some other options for seeds, of course, you could go to the store and buy seeds for things that you might not have, like carrots. I was thinking about this and talking with a friend the other day about like carrots and broccoli. Like, how do you get seeds for those? Can you just put one in the ground? Will it just start growing? Mm, no, apparently if you have to sacrifice some carrots and stuff like that to let them grow too much and flower and then you can get a seed from them. But it was just something I've never really thought about before um, until this very year. Like, wait a minute, how do you get the seeds for those? You can buy them at the store, of course. There's a lot of really interesting companies who are doing like these pods now um, where you just kind of roll out this almost a fabric and it has the seeds pods in them and they will be marginally placed nicely, but but it's not just one vegetable, it's multiple vegetables. They're called seed sheets. I've never used them before, so I cannot tell you how amazingly they work, but it's kind of cool because you go to their website and you pick which foods you want, right? Do you want beets? Do you want cantaloupe? Do you want scallions? Do you want celery? And then they're going to send you basically a sheet that it has topsoil in it. It already has the seeds in it. And then you just water the sheet. It, of course, has to be like in a garden bed. You have to put it 
someplace in the ground, but there's weed blocking in the fabric um, and it helps them grow quickly. I haven't used one, but I'm very interested in it. Seed sheets, seedsheets.com is where you find them. And they're not paying me to say that in any way, because as I said, I've never tried them before. But I'm really interested. They look like they would be super easy and you don't have to deal with all the weeds and you don't even really get your hands dirty because that sheet is there. You're not putting your hands in the dirt to dig or anything like that. Um, The only other one that I wanted to tell you about if you were listening to our episode about libraries is that a lot of libraries have seed libraries or a seed swap. They have seeds in there for you that you can take out and you can just have them. A lot of seeds are not that expensive at the store, but maybe it's not in the budget. And you can go many times to your local library and and just pick up seeds and try it and watch them grow. Say you don't have a huge ton of space that you can grow things in a backyard. You can do a lot of different plants in containers, um, especially in the summer months. Here you can grow plenty I say here, we are in Milwaukee. I guess if you live in Arizona or California, you could probably do this all year long if you have the right soil, but you could put them in containers, individual pots. If they're small enough, you know, like herbs, you could put them in an old butter tub, you know? Your grandma would have the butter tub that never had butter in it. It always had leftover something in it because she saved things because she was sort of green. But you could do the same thing now. You could put them in a glass jar, put them in any kind of container and just grow them in a windowsill or right outside your door if you have some outdoor light. Um, But if you can't even go that far, you don't have the budget to buy potting soil right now. There are Plenty of foods that you can grow from scraps. Most of them are vegetables or herbs. Um, I think a pineapple, I'm pretty sure a pineapple you can propagate and grow from a scrap. A lot of lettuces, bok choy, cabbage, carrots, leeks, onions, green onions, um, sweet potatoes I've heard but I've never seen it happen depending on the vegetable. I've done it with lettuce before. You know, you just buy that thing of lettuce from the store and you cut off the end and you use your lettuce. You can use that little end. You can do it one of two ways. You could put it directly in the dirt if you wanted to. That's what I did. Or if you have a container of water, you just make sure it's a very shallow container of water or You can hold up the lettuce with toothpicks or chopsticks or however you decide you want to hold up the lettuce and just let the bottom be in the water. Roots will start to grow and that lettuce will start to grow on top. Your lettuce isn't one and done. It will keep growing, not forever, but it will continue to grow and you cut it and you eat it. Grow, cut it, eat it. And that's just, it's so cool to be able to have foods to feed your family, feed yourself, and healthy foods that you can just keep relying on as long as you continue to take care of them. As I said, I am not an excellent gardener, but I do know someone who is. I follow him on Instagram and on TikTok. You might know him as Garden Marcus, and I got a chance to chat with him about a book that he's writing, but just about gardening too. Here's what he had to say. 
I'm doing great. How are you today? Oh, it is a gorgeous day. I'm so happy to get a chance to talk to you. You're doing big things. I'm loving all the things I'm seeing you doing. Oh, thank you so much. That uh, means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. What are you up to today? Actually, tell me, are you in the garden as we speak? <laughs> uh, I am in my kitchen garden. Okay, that that's cool. I don't have a garden in my kitchen. What what consists of your kitchen garden? Uh, so in my kitchen garden, I have lots of different things hanging and on planters and on planter stands. Uh, I have begonias, philodendron evas agave bonsais. Uh, I actually, there's seven different types of philodendron. Um, there are air plants and bromeliads, uh, alocasias, uh, 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 so, so it's a real garden. <laughs> yes, oh, so do you, are you growing any food in there? No, uh, I, I tend to keep my food outside these days. Um, I have gone a stint of basil indoors and a stint of uh, mint indoors, but they all just do so well outside, it's hard for me to justify keeping them indoors. Well, I think you are inspiring tons of people, not only with your gardens, but also on your lo- outlook on life. You seem to have quite oh, sure. the outlook on life. That is just relaxing people. You make people feel comfortable, even though you're not physically speaking to them. I think some of the ways that you speak and you detail the world around you is just incredible. And you have a new book, How to Grow, which is a little bit uh, about the planting, but really about how to grow yourself. Tell me, like, why you decided. Why did you decide to write it? Well, you know, I decided to write it because of the amount of interest in the subject matter. And uh, I, I feel really blessed to be able to even say that combination of words that people are interested in my thought process. But that's really what brought me to this space. Uh, a lot of people needed inspiration, kindness, motivation, um, kindness, patience, positivity. And that's what I give and that's what I do. And it just happens that people like hearing those things from me. And so it's just a a really serendipitous combination of sorts that led to the writing of this book. But, you know, it's a culmination of my life experience and I journal and and I care about life profusely. So it it provided a great conduit to share so many of those uh, things that I've learned throughout my lifetime. And that's a refresh, I I think, a refreshing way of looking at it because – You've gained the most followers through TikTok and Instagram. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, so much of TikTok and Instagram is so fleeting. It is here today and it's gone tomorrow. And you're here for the long haul, right? You're here and asking people right. to be present and in the moment and to actually listen to what they're saying and what they're doing and have it make a difference were people reaching out to you asking for these questions is like is that how the idea of an actual book came along because people were like oh i love the way you you talk and speak and the way you make me feel like is that how you thought ah oh, i got to write this all down i can't message individuals all day long <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so that's awesome thank you so much it's very kind of you no it's not how it happened exactly although i did get exhausted taking the DM thing seriously, sure. uh, the amount of, of, of times I tried to, you know, answer earnestly, but that led to more questions and then more exchanges. And there was just not enough time for it. 
that that was one side of it. I, I would say yes, but um, it was never that I I sought out to sell a book or I sought right. out to write a book necessarily. It was more so. I think um, some of the producers out there, some of the scouts out there saw how many people put comments that I should write a book. <laughs> and it was really the audience requesting it, I think, that caught the wind of some of the bigger players. Uh, and, and that's what really brought the lens of book writing to my attention. It was because the larger players called me and said, hey, have you considered writing a book? And I was like, well, by golly, by gum, no. Where's your, where's your favorite place to sit down and write and journal? Oh, uh, smack dab in the middle of the garden. Uh, if, if the weather permits, and, and you can sit there right there underneath the pergola um, with the roses behind me, um, that is a great place for some writing. Yeah. Uh, if I can't do that and before I had my garden, I would find a tree. You read it out to them, see what their reaction is, get their thoughts. <laughs> Who's that, the trees? Yeah, the plants, <laughs> yeah. All the little babies around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, tell them what I'm writing about. Uh, we have some interesting conversations these days. <laughs> I think so many people have found a new interest in wanting to grow things around them, but feel like that if they fail at it once, they shouldn't try again. You know, you kill a plant and you kill a plant mm -hmm. and you kill a plant. And then you're like, well, I'm a plant killer. And you just you label yourself as that. What would you say <laughs> to people who think they're plant killers? Um, I would say that they are limiting themselves by putting themselves in that bracket. Mm -hmm. uh, especially if they didn't go out with shears to just chop plants up and, and, you know, I mean, in, in plant progression outright, if you weren't like just going around chopping plants in half, then chances are you were trying to help something, but you were doing something that wasn't helpful. So focus on the lesson. What was that thing that wasn't helpful? Maybe it was where you placed the plant. Maybe it was what kind of plant it was and where you placed it. Uh, maybe it was uh, the planter you decided to replant the plant in. There's so many things that could be what went wrong. By focusing on what lesson you can learn, you have so much more information to house and to use as you go forward. And for people who are thinking about it, they're still thinking about it, what, what plants, give me like three plants that you would have people start with when it comes to... Uh, really trying to learn and hone their skills. Like you could say a snake plant, but like nothing kills them. Right. So, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like a plant that needs care. I absolutely. That I get, I, I, but needs care, but needs like, so that you can actually grow with the plant in terms of your, your um, knowledge base a bit. Absolutely. I think pothos is the, is the plant to insert in that space. It's as hardy as snake plant, but because it binds, mm -hmm. it has, so much versatility to the vining that just is a constant learning curve in terms of the growth. Um, and inevitably you may have to trim back your uh, pothos, whereas you might just replant the snake plant. Um, so the trimming back and, and the, the ability to use those trimmings as propagation, you can also do that with the snake plant, but the pothos again, just is so much more, 
rewarding in a way in terms of the knowledge that I felt like I gained from that plant because I love vines. What about, like, is there a certain food plant that you would feel the same? People want to, you know, it's summertime. I'm not exactly sure what area we're in, but we're in Milwaukee. We only get so many hours of yeah. summertime and so many days of summertime, so they want to be outside and have their food. Like, what? Well, what's your easiest food to start out with? Okay, so here's my, uh, you know, you heard that old adage about how potatoes save lives. Um, I, I go with the sweet potato. Um, oh. if, if you've got just a little bit of sunlight, um, and you like vines and you want something that's hearty, sweet potatoes are an incredible go-to. They also have a lot of versatility in color, um, and color, uh, and, and they're easy to propagate. There's a lot of reward that comes from sweet potato. And in addition to sweet potato, I think about your mints and your herbs because by bringing in herbs and mints to your garden, you also bring in butterflies and bees, which are an essential part of our ecosystem, one that I think we all need to be more focused on. And uh, you also uh, add smells and aeration to your garden that is uh, an aroma to your garden that, um, again, is, is such an, inc- an incredible experience and, and adds so much quality to your life. These are things that you can't go and buy in a store. Right. Right. You can't just go buy the experience of having the wind blow the aroma of mint or lavender or rose across you and, and the peace you get when you're encompassed in such a thing. Just hearing you say it, just hearing you say it makes me feel it, the aroma of those things washing over you. You can imagine on that beautiful summer gorgeous day. Um, and I love mm-hmm. that in the book, those are the kinds of that's the kind of way you talk about it that gives you these immense visuals and you can almost smell it like it's not too often that I would say that I read a book that I smell things <laughs> while I'm reading them. <laughs> oh, that is some of the highest praise. Oh, shucks. Thank you. Uh, way, way to uh, raise my cheeks, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Oh, you're, you're raising our cheeks and our leaves and our vines. And so we just got to do a little bit of that for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, How to Grow is out right now. Uh, it's available anywhere you can get a book, right? It's on Amazon. It's in a bookstore. I mean, I I like shopping the second hand myself. It's not there yet. Oh, here it is. Or do we have it in any libraries? Uh, you know, I've been told through DM um, that several librarians are eager to, to work out and get it into their library. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anyone send me uh, messages and, and videos of saying it's successful just yet, but I know there is a movement to have that happen in different places. So I'm, well, I'm honored and thrilled, and I look forward to it when it does. Then here's what we can do. We can buy our own copy of the book once we're done reading through it, making the notes that we need to make from it, donate it to our own libraries to share with others, huh? Awesome, awesome. That's what we'll get done. Marcus, thank you so much for talking with me. I hope you have a great day. Right back at you. Thank you so much for having me. Isn't he just like a delightful soul? That's gardening. At least that's a little bit on gardening. You could expand that so much more. Um, Something not so green that I do, because I like to talk about that every week. Something not completely green that I do is um, not being able to grow a ton of my food. I'm trying. I've done it from scraps. I've done tomato plants. I've done strawberry plants. I bought a raspberry bush this year that I don't think I'm going to get raspberries from, but uh, it has leaves on it, and I'm real 
real happy about that, but I need to be better at trying a little bit harder. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode of Sorta Green. Thank you for continuing to listen and share with other people. Um, Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, And I hope you have a great week. And thanks again for listening.